Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This week's episode will be a double header of sorts and the final part of Doctor Strange Fest 2022. Is this an actual official title for any of my Doctor Strange episodes? No. But considering I decided to do a Doctor Strange episode on the original 1978 Doctor Strange and an unofficial product, I feel like calling it Doctor Strange Fest 2022 is probably the most appropriate thing. Or it's something cheesy that I think is kinda funny. I'll leave it up to you to figure out what is the most appropriate title for the series of Doctor Strange episodes. But I think we should go ahead and announce the movie. Well, the first movie to be exact. Starring Peter Hooten, Jessica Walter, Clyde Kusatsu, and John Mills. In the 1978 Philip DeGuer directed Doctor Strange. Dr. Stephen Strange, played by Peter Hooten, is a psychiatrist who is unaware of his destiny to become Sorcerer Supreme. Thomas Lindmer, played by actor John Mills, who's a world-weary sorcerer, he sees the return of his adversary Morgan Le Fay, played by actress Jessica Walter. Morgan Le Fay was granted dominance over men's souls by the Nameless One a creature who appears to her as a demon. However, the Nameless One is only giving Morgan Le Fay three days to complete her task of dominion over human souls. This leads Linmer to send out Wong, played by Clyde Kusatsu, to seek out Stephen Strange so that he can fulfill his destiny. First things first on this movie, your actual enjoyment of this one is going to be dependent on how much you enjoy cheesy what-if failed pilots. This was actually a failed pilot for the Doctor Strange TV show. As far as I know, it was only aired once as a movie of the week. It wasn't a runaway success the way the Incredible Hulk TV show was. So, as a result, Universal over the years just released this on VHS, Shout Factory released it on DVD, and now Blu-ray. The big question here is that with the newer Doctor Strange films, which I happen to enjoy, is there anything really worthwhile going back to revisiting or visiting this one for the first time? In my opinion, yes, this does have some actual merit to being viewed. I did enjoy watching this one, but you do have to put up with some 70s TV movie cheese. For me, I think viewing something like this is fun. It's fun to see where early TV shows and interpretations of characters, different interpretations for that matter, were at that point in time. I actually still enjoy the Incredible Hulk TV show. I used to watch it when I was a kid. Sure, it's cheesy, but they really do the best with what they had at the time. I feel this Doctor Strange from 1978 is another example of this. The movie is pretty compelling. It starts off really well. It starts off like a horror film, and I really appreciate that. I think it has great music for something that was produced for TV, and actor Peter Hooten is a pretty good Doctor Strange. This actually had a lot of good things going for it. The production for it being a TV product is not bad. Some of the trippy visuals are pretty cool. Of course, it was nothing like what Scott Derrickson or Sam Raimi did in their Doctor Strange films, but you know, the technology advanced. 
TV nowadays, you do have some pretty good production on it. This Doctor Strange 1978 is really not bad for what it is. Some of the special effects are pretty bad though. The demon known as the Nameless One here, he looks like a puppet. Is it a puppet? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a puppet though and not a guy in a suit. It looks pretty bad and I don't know if it was wise to make something that looked like that. But, if we're thinking about the time, it would have been perfectly acceptable to do something like that for a special effects creature, especially a made-for-TV production. As I said, this is a interesting what-if for me anyway. I can see where they would have gone with a Doctor Strange TV show. He would have had a Demon of the Week and more or less would have had to use some sort of spell or whatnot, and stop them. It honestly probably would have been structured much in the way that the Incredible Hulk TV show was. But the difference here is that it would have had more of that supernatural edge, which I would have been perfectly fine with. Another good thing about this made-for-TV film is that we get one of the earlier roles for actress Jessica Walter. A lot of you may know her from the show Archer, I myself know her from Arrested Development. I like her take on Morgan Le Fay. She's very seductive with how she tries to seduce Doctor Strange. We also get the feeling that there was a little bit more to her character, which they could have explored as showing her past in an episode of the Doctor Strange TV show had it actually moved forward. Either way, she turns in a pretty good performance here, and sadly, Jessica Walter died about a year ago at the age of 80. I think that outside of some of the cheesy special effects, there is one bad thing about this made-for-TV film, and that it kind of drags towards the end of it. If this would have been an hour-long episode of a TV show, or 45 minutes if you include the commercials, it would have been a much tighter presentation. Do I think that this Doctor Strange from 1978 is comic accurate? I honestly highly doubt that. They probably took extreme liberties with some of the source material, or maybe they were too loyal to the source material. Having not read any of the classic Doctor Strange comics, I do not know. As it stands, this Doctor Strange film is an interesting curiosity, especially with people that are interested on television history as well as the early interpretations of these Marvel Comics characters. We know that there was that Spider-Man TV show that lasted, I don't know, a season or so. We also had Captain America back in the day. We had those movies. And then, of course, there was the Incredible Hulk, which incorporated Thor and Daredevil in that show itself. Well, in the TV movies. Did they actually show up in the show? I don't recall that one. It really is fun to see that there were these shows that existed before everybody knew these characters from the MCU. Of course, these are well-known characters before the MCU, but it made them popular. This Marvel TV universe really is a part of history, whether it was picked up for a TV show or not, in the case of Doctor Strange. It's fun that they were creating their own little universe of these Marvel characters on the small screen before it was a cool thing to do. I guess that spirit is alive and well in what DC was doing with the CW shows, which that's a whole different animal, and I don't really care for that. If you have an interest in seeing Doctor Strange 1978, I would highly recommend picking up the Blu-ray that was recently released from Shout Factory as a limited edition. 
Overall, it has a nice visual presentation and looked a lot better than what I expected it would, especially with its age and history of being made for TV. So if you get a chance, check it out and go in with an open mind and you might wind up enjoying it much of the way I did. I think it's time to move on to the last film in Doctor Strange Fest 2022, and this would be the unofficial Doctor Strange film, which we'll get to more on that in a minute because we're going to announce the movie. Starring Jeffrey Combs, Yvette Napar, and Brian Thompson, this is the 1992 Albert Band and Charles Band directed Doctor Mordred. So for the plot synopsis for this one, I'm going to rip this straight from IMDb. It really does make it sound more exciting than what the movie actually is. No, that's not a negative thought on the movie. We'll get to my actual thoughts in a moment. But here we go. An unspeakable evil has come into our dimension and wants to rule over Earth. Only a mysterious sorcerer known as Dr. Mordred can stop him. That plot that I just read, does that kind of sound a little familiar to... Maybe the Doctor Strange film that I just talked about? It definitely has similarities, but this movie's called Doctor Mordred. What? Alright, so I will stop beating around the bush with this one. Doctor Mordred was a film that started off as a Doctor Strange film. It seems that Charles Band and his Full Moon Pictures wanted to go and obtain the rights so that they could make a Doctor Strange movie. I don't understand how Charles Band thought that he was going to be able to obtain these rights simply because his films are generally cheap. And that is not a knock on Full Moon whatsoever because I actually love Full Moon Pictures. Well, the Puppet Master series, and that only extends itself to the first three films in that series, but I have a soft spot for Full Moon. Much like Roger Corman's New World Pictures, they're just kind of films that never really had big budgets or anything, mostly direct-to-video stuff, and Full Moon carved out a pretty nice little direct-to-video library of films. They had a deal with Paramount that distributed all of their movies to the various VHS rental stores. It was a good little racket that Charles Band had going on. It's just they never really had the budget, and it makes me wonder how he ever thought that he was going to do justice to Doctor Strange. And if it's any indication with the movie that was turned out that became Dr. Mordred, well, it could have used a bigger budget and a much tighter script. It also could have used a longer runtime. Dr. Mordred runs at only an hour and 14 minutes. It feels incredibly short. The last, you know, big ending for a movie, it should really excite us and it doesn't really have a whole lot going on, which is a shame because I see potential in this film. It really isn't bad, but it's not good. It's just kind of in the middle. I think it's one of the lower tier Full Moon pictures as far as their classic era of late 80s, early 90s pictures. Charles Band wasn't able to obtain the rights to Doctor Strange, so this allowed him to make an R-rated Doctor Mordred film, which is okay, but a lot of the rated R stuff in it is pretty much because of profanity, not really because of violence, and then we do get some gratuitous nudity, which, okay? It didn't really have to be there. I guess considering Charles Band's background in directing a lot of softcore porn films, made that a necessity here. 
I don't know. I guess if we were to think about it, this is what a R-rated Doctor Strange film would look like, even though I really do feel like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness had more violence as well as more monsters and occult stuff going on. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more occult stuff here, as the 1978 Doctor Strange film definitely had some of that going on. We do get to see some rituals, but I don't really get the feeling that the villain Cabal is really all that evil. He didn't really give me that evil vibe. This character is played by Brian Thompson, who was best known to me for being in the X-Files. It was welcome to see him here, and he gives his all, really. It's just... I don't know, it kind of falls flat. I don't get that this is really a guy that's trying to take over the world for his Dark Lord. I think with knowing this was a Full Moon production, I went into it thinking it was going to have more of a horror movie vibe, and yet Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, as well as Doctor Strange 78, has more of that horror movie feel, which is weird considering Full Moon got their start and they're most known for horror films. There is a lot in Dr. Mordred that really does feel like it could have come from a Dr. Strange film or a Dr. Strange story. A lot of the things here are changed just a little bit. Dr. Mordred has no red on him. Instead, he completely wears the color blue. He also has a medallion necklace that gives him his sorcery powers. He's eternal where Dr. Stephen Strange is not. So I think you see what I'm getting at. There's a lot that is similar and enough that you could watch this as a bootleg Doctor Strange film, which is how I chose to view it as, because that's where it got its start. As far as the actual look to Dr. Mordred, you know you're watching a full moon picture. Anytime you see a full moon film, it just looks a certain way. It's just like trauma. When you're watching a Lloyd Kaufman directed film, you know you're watching a trauma film. It's kind of cool that all these different film companies have that certain feel about their films. I don't know how or what it is, but you definitely get it. There's two really cool things about this film. For one, Jeffrey Combs is in it. I like Jeffrey Combs from his reanimator films, as well as his little appearances in other movies such as The Frighteners. He does a good job here in what he's provided. He actually probably elevates the material a little bit more because he is actually a good actor, and sadly a lot of the projects in his filmography are low-budget B-movies. The other cool thing about this one is the stop-motion animation. I do like stop-motion special effects. I think it looks cool in a movie. It's not necessarily believable. It always looks rough whenever you see it. It may even take you out of the film a little bit. But we do have a stop-motion T-Rex towards the end of the movie, as well as a stop-motion woolly mammoth, I believe. Anyway, it looks cool to me. I like that they included something like that. It's not exactly surprising that there will be stop-motion special effects in this one, but it's a welcome thing to see. This is a fun Doctor Strange film, or a what-if Full Moon was allowed to make a Doctor Strange film. The only thing that it really falls flat on is that it feels like they're setting up for so much mythology that they seem to forget the rest of the movie. There's a lot of times where the movie's just kind of plodding around, and then... When we finally get that big ending, it just 
everything falls flat for me. We almost get the sense that they forgot to film something or either they edited too much out of it. I don't know, but at an hour and 14 minutes, that's really the one big thing that's holding the movie back is that it feels way too short. Where the other Doctor Strange 1978 felt like it went on a little bit too long, this doesn't go on long enough. If I had to choose between either Doctor Strange 1978 or Doctor Mordred, it would definitely be Doctor Strange 78. Doctor Mordred is an okay film and it just was interesting to me because I knew that it was a unlicensed, unauthorized, began its life as a Doctor Strange film, but it really could have used a little bit more to spruce it up a little bit and make it more engaging for the viewer. It should also be noted that Dr. Mordred was apparently Charles Band's attempt at setting up a franchise. Well, we never got a second Dr. Mordred film, which I guess is a shame because they could have course corrected some of the missteps with the first film. So in closing Dr. Strange Fest 2022, I would say that Dr. Strange 78 is a very good fun what-if type of film, and Dr. Mordred is an alright what-if it was actually a Dr. Strange type of film. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you would like to catch up on past episodes of Adam Analyzes or 31 Nights of Frights, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing and would like to reach out to me, drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Why not tell two friends about it? Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.